0: Hi, guys, we're back on the podcast talking about burnout. So, last week I recorded and uploaded an episode, um, which was part one, all about what is burnout, what does burnout look like. We talked about the different stages of burnout, and I gave you some examples of how to know kind of what stage you're at and what's going on underneath the surface kind of addressing the subconscious of burnout. And then we also talked about like what's going on above the surface to identify where you might be um, if you're feeling burnt out. Today on the podcast, we're talking about ways to address burnout. So what can you actually do when you feel burnt out? I just kind of want to preface and say... Part one of the podcast was very empathetic. I came at it from like a big heart, understanding what it's like to be burnt out and really acknowledging you and your struggles potentially. Today on the podcast, a little bit more of a tough love approach to what you can actually do because if you're experiencing burnout, you're in the mindset that you're a victim. This is happening to you. There's nothing you can do. You're feeling very pessimistic, not hopeful. So, the goal in this podcast is to shine some light on the reality of your situation and the reality that you're responsible for yourself. You are not a victim. And if this is the way that you're feeling, you and only you can make the changes to get yourself out of it. So I've got some, some big things we're talking about, some small tips, tricks, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's what we're talking about on the podcast today. Hello, I'm Marissa, a certified, licensed, and practicing pediatric occupational therapist. And this is OT with Marissa. Here we will review common terminology and topics, chat about daily OT practices, and provide simple but effective tools and strategies you can implement with the child or children in your life. Whether you're thinking about a career in occupational therapy, or a current student, new grad, or seasoned therapist, my hope is this podcast has something to offer you to learn, grow, and be the best therapist you can. I'm so happy you're here. Before we get, like, really into some of the tools and strategies, I just want to say I'm an OT, not a psychologist. This is not my area of specialty. It's just something that I have personally dealt with several several times, and I have been very intentional about pulling myself out of the burnout and making tangible changes, big changes. Like big, big changes, and also small changes. Um, Small, little, it takes five minutes a day sort of things to help with this. So typically with burnout, as we talked about previously, the lines start to blur, right? You're working in the morning before work or your work is bleeding into your afternoon in which then maybe you're going to bed later and waking up later, so your next morning is impacted. And so these lines, both your professional lines in the sand, boundaries is really what they are, as well as your personal boundaries, they start to blur. So the very first thing that you need to do is, well, actually, I take that back. The very first thing you need to do is to tell somebody, So if you have a therapist or a counselor or somebody that you see, a mentor even, tell them, you know, I'm working on this, but I just wanted to let you know or tell somebody I'm feeling really burnt out right now. Maybe it's a parent or it's a significant other or a best friend or a colleague. I bet you if you go to a colleague and you're like, I'm feeling so burnt out right now, they're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, me too, me too. So A, you might realize you're not alone. B, you're putting it out there. You're you're acknowledging the reality of your situation and saying, I'm burnt out. There's a lot of power behind that. And also, you're letting somebody know for support. So they can kind of, you know, maybe just keep a small little eye on you to see how you're doing. And also, you could even be creating an opportunity for accountability. So maybe it's a colleague or it's a spouse or it's a best friend that's feeling similar and it's like, okay, I listened to this podcast, here are some strategies, like, let's pick one and let's do this or let's check in with each other at the end of the day with a text message. Saying, hey, did you do that one thing? Hey, how, you know, did you stop working at 5 o'clock like you said you were going to? Some sort of accountability. So step one, you need to tell somebody. The second thing I would do is sit down and figure out, or maybe you go on a walk, because sometimes our brains work better when our body's moving. Figure out what your priorities are right now in this season of your life, what are your priorities? Obviously a priority is going to be work, right? You have to provide for yourself or a family, pay off loans, debt, pay your bills. I'm assuming work is a priority. But I also want you to figure out what are your other priorities? And we'll get to some of this a little bit later, family is it a priority? Social connection, friendships, is it a priority? Health, is it a priority? I want you to write down these priorities. Maybe you have three, maybe you have five. And I want you to rate them in order of what's the number one priority in this season of your life. What's two, what's three, et cetera. And then I want you to go in and I want you to give it a score, zero to ten. Zero being like, this is a priority, but I'm really failing here. I'm dedicating no time, no energy, no effort in this area. And then, you know, of course you work your way up. So that five is middle ground. It's like, you know what, I'm doing okay, but I could be doing better. It's kind of neutral. And then 10 is, I am giving this area of my life my all. It's, it's all my time, energy, stamina, effort is going to this, this thing. Ideally, in a perfect world, which I know we don't live in a perfect world, but in a perfect world, the number one thing on your priority list should have the highest score. That should be the 8, 9, or 10. The second thing on your priority list should be the, like, 6, 7, 8, right? And nothing really should fall below a 5 if it's a priority. So once you've taken a real honest look in inventory on your priorities, the next thing that you can do is start to create boundaries around those priorities. The next thing that I would recommend, then, is... Literally setting a timer for 30 minutes because if you're burnt out, you probably don't have a lot of time or energy. So knowing that you have a time boundary here, right? So you're already establishing a boundary right off the get-go. Go you. Set a timer for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I really don't think you need a whole hour, but maybe you do. And you're going to sit down with your schedule, your your personal schedule. And your work schedule. You might already be keeping these separate. You might have like a personal calendar schedule. That you you know you put important events on. Or what you're doing over the weekend. And then you might have like a Google calendar. Or something like that for your work schedule. I tend to keep everything in like a handheld calendar notebook thing. That has each day of the week. The months. The times. All the thing. And then I also have like a printed out calendar schedule of my caseload so I would sit down with both and I would sit down with the list of like these are all the IEP meetings coming up these are all my 504 meetings these are all my reevals. this is when progress notes like you're it's going to be a little overwhelming which is why you set a timer so that you know you have a finish point sit down with everything that you have and prioritize what's the most important What do you have to get done this week? Like, you absolutely have to get it done. What do you absolutely have to get done the following week? What do you absolutely have to get done the next week? So on. You get it. And what don't you have to do? I mean, at this point in time, your plate is over full. So, yes, you are your best therapist and you want to make all the visuals and the social stories and, you know, all the home programs and and all the things. But if we're being real honest with ourselves, we're already dropping the ball on so many things anyways. So we really need to get give ourselves an honest look and say, what has to be done and what can I kind of save for later? Maybe you use like a light system here. So it's like green light. This has to be done. This is like, I got to get this done. Then you have a yellow light. And these are the things that should be getting done. But you're not going to lose your job if they don't get done. And then you have like your red light things. And your those are the things where you can totally be like, you know what? I'm not doing those. I just, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy, the capacity. It's just, Sorry, they're just not getting done. I had great intentions putting this on my plate, but they can't get done. Maybe some of these things need to be delegated. I've never really been in a position where I can say, hey, can you do this? Unless it's a visual or a social story or something and you're talking to that student's aide, or maybe it's an evaluation that's come in and you can ask another therapist to do it or something like that. Um, But I want you to give yourself a real honest look and figure out based on your work calendar, things that need to get done. And looking at your personal calendar, you've got the wedding, the baby shower, the weekend trip with your friend, you told your uncle you would go to this family dinner, you you know, you told your sister you'd help her move into her new house, right? You have personal things too. What what needs to come off the plate? Maybe some of those things that you need to take off your plate are also personal obligations that you said you were going to go do something with somebody and you just don't have the time. It's in the middle of your day on a Saturday when you could be doing other things around your house that are a bigger priority or it's out of town and between the money it's going to cost and gas and time to pack and then come back and do like it's just too much for you to be able to do. Have a real honest conversation with yourself. Put it in those three categories. Green, I can do this. I've got to do this. Yellow, you know, it's, I could take it off my schedule, but let's just see. And then red, it's got to go. And I do not want you to feel bad or guilty in this process. It's a hard process because there's things you want to do, but you know that you can't. So it might seem like you're letting somebody else down by not doing something that you said you were going to do. You might also be letting yourself down, it seems, by doing something that you don't want to do because it's a priority and then not doing something that you did want to do because it's just not fitting in and not in alignment with where you are in this season but I want you to drop that victim mentality. And I want you to be real honest with yourself and remember that you cannot pour from an empty cup. The only way that you can pour out and give to others is if you first fill up your cup and it starts to overflow. Then you can give that overflow to others. And so right now in this process, You really have to establish what you need to do to take care of yourself and your mental well-being. Remember, this isn't just stress that we're dealing with. This is burnout. This can really lead to detrimental mental, physical, emotional, social well-being. And so these big necessary changes, saying no, those sort of things, They're just that. They're necessary. And I don't want you to feel guilty about it. Okay, so we've told somebody. We've reevaluated our priorities. Maybe we had to rearrange them. And we gave ourselves a real honest look at our calendar and the things that we have coming up. And we've said no to the things that we just don't have time for. Now what I want you to do, and this is something that It took me a little bit of time to figure out. I kind of figured it out on my own. I never really heard this from anybody else. um, But I'm sure other people are doing this as well. But to me, I'm like, ooh, this this was a new one for me. And this really made some profound changes. It wasn't easy, but it made some profound changes. I want you to look at your week. And I want you to be real honest with yourself and the students that you see or the the families that you work with. And I want you to look at things in terms of energy. When do you have the most energy? Is it at the beginning of the week on a Monday, Tuesday? Is it towards the end of the week when you get that second wind? I want you to be honest with yourself and figure out when you have the most energy and also when you are really feeling like this part of your week is such a drag This part of your week is so stressful. This part of your week, you can barely get enough energy to go see the next client or student. And I want you to also think about how much energy you have to give to each of those sessions. We all know some kids are easier to work with than others. Some kids fill our cup up. We have so much joy and passion working with those kids and we feel so good about ourselves and the impact we're making on this this child and the impact they're making on us. And we also have the the kids where we dread seeing them, let's be honest, we love all the kids we work with and we're supposed to treat and love them all evenly and, and yes, we do treat them all the same because it's part of our code of ethics, but you know the ones where you are like running just a minute or too late because you're dreading going to that session. And also, look at your calendar and see. Okay, so first, I guess look at where those those students are falling, and are they falling back to back, or are they falling during times where you already have low energy. So what we're doing is we're, we're looking at our current schedule and we're figuring out how we can move things around to have greater endurance throughout our week and preserve our energy. So let me give you a personal example. Um, for a little bit of background information, I worked in the schools and I was looking at my schedule and on Mondays and Wednesdays, they were my long days. They were days I started at like 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I saw students straight through, even traveling to different schools, until about 4 o'clock. So it was eight hours of pure work. Sometimes I did not have a lunch built in. And then I was bringing home about an hour to two hours of documentation on those two days. My The other days of my week looked a little bit differently. But those are what my Mondays and Wednesdays looked like. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to put my hardest kids, my most needy kids on Monday. It's like I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid. I'm going to get them done and over with. Like we're going to just hit the ground running. I'm coming from the weekend. The weekend's going to energize me, give me time to prepare for those sessions. And Then it's over with. And the rest of the back end of my week is so much lighter. Well, this is what happened. I would get so burnt out on Monday and Tuesday that I didn't have the stamina that I needed for Wednesday, which was another long day. And then once Thursday and Friday got here, I was checked out. I was so checked out. And the kids on Thursday and Friday, like, my fun kids, like, the ones, you know, I didn't, I wasn't preparing fun activities for them, and so they were hurting because I wasn't showing up as my best therapist, and I was hurting because I was so burnt out, I wasn't even enjoying those sessions, given I worked in a school, I worked in two different districts, so scheduling could be a little bit tricky, but I do acknowledge it's a little bit easier to schedule um, rearrange your schedule in a school district than it would be to rearrange your clinic schedule or if you're doing EI and you're traveling to homes that could be a little bit tricky too but keep an open mind you have to keep an open mind when it comes to rearranging things because otherwise you're in a fixed mindset and you really want to be in the mindset of like I can make I can make this change I'm going to make this work because you have to So this is what I did. I took an honest look at the kids that I had. I had two meetings coming up for two of the students who, if I'm being real honest with myself, they were middle schoolers. They had kind of tapped out on their progress and any additional needs that they had at this time were being sufficiently provided the 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 tools strategies everything that they needed to be as successful as they could they were being provided in the classroom they didn't really need me um so i did some assessing and talked to parents and talked to teachers and had a real honest conversation with these students progress and they did qualify to um, graduate from OT services. So I had a group of those two students, those, those middle schoolers who I could graduate. So that took those students off my schedule, which gave me a 30 minute pocket where I wasn't seeing kids. I then looked at another group that I had later in the afternoon, and I realized that Mondays I wasn't getting a lunch, whereas Wednesdays I had about 45 minutes in the afternoon. And so what I was able to do is I was able to take a group later on my Wednesday and just same time move them over to, or later on my Monday, and move them over to my Wednesday. So that gave me... A pocket in the morning, a 30-minute pocket in the morning after I saw four of my challenging kids back-to-back to to then make those visuals, make those social stories, catch up on emails, put in those notes really quick before moving on with the rest of my day. And I opened up uh, a 30-minute lunch where I could take that time to refill my cup or lesson plan for the rest of the week. Then on Wednesday, I had that group. and it, so I was just spacing out how I was seeing these kids, where I was seeing them, based on my energy, based on how I know my body works, and taking a real honest look at who needed services, who didn't. This might also look like figuring out who's maybe twice a week, when really they could be once a week. It could even look at look like who are you seeing once a week for thirty minutes, and another student once a week for thirty minutes but you're working on the same skills and you can group them together. You know, it might take a couple of weeks to have these meetings and officially change these services or coordinate with parents and and move things around. But remember, you are burnt out. Desperate times call for desperate measures. If you are wanting to make change, you have to be willing to actually make changes. And so in just doing those simple things, grouping some students together, moving groups to same time, still worked with their schedule, but a different day, and discharging a different group that I had, let me tell you, it only really impacted an hour and a half of my whole week, but it made such a difference in the energy I had Monday nights, in the way I then approached my Tuesdays and how that, like it just has this snowball effect. It really does. All right, I went on a little bit of a tangent, but just to recap, you need to prioritize, set some boundaries and make some changes. So what can I remove from my plate? How can I reschedule things? What's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility that somebody else maybe can do this instead or at least ask, hey, can you take on this about? I'm swamped right now. It doesn't hurt to ask. Can you move something to another day or um, reduce overloading one day so that you have energy throughout that day, which is then going to impact the rest of your week? Along the same lines, I want you to think about what tasks are actually moving the needle forward so this kind of goes back to the prioritization what is it that you're doing with these students that's actually making an impact on their progress so I have so many consult services and I would sit down and consult with teachers and go off topic and you know the consults really just became like a venting session because we were all burnt out and these students were really having a difficult time uh, and we were you know kind of facing challenges and what what else could we try to help the student out. And I realized that those 15, 20, 30-minute consults with that teacher, sometimes they were super beneficial for certain kids and they really needed to happen. And other times they just weren't. But actually making the social story, actually making the visual schedule, actually maybe calling the parents and getting some input from home for that student was making a bigger impact. So if you can look at each student, it's going to be different for each each student or each, each kid that you see, what's actually making a difference? Maybe it's having a 15-minute conversation with the physical therapist while she's going to one school and you're going to the next over the phone while you're driving, and you're like, okay, what two things are you doing that's working? How can I carry that over with me? And here's something I'm working on, this language, this... Um, this forward chaining model or backwards chaining model, can you, write So get real honest about what's moving the needle forward for these kids and put your energy in those tasks. It's going to help you figure out those red, yellow, green light things that what you need to do and what you can take off your plate. So maybe all of that seems a little bit too cumbersome to make all of these changes. I totally get it. You might just, you might not be at that stage yet. What are some other things you can do? So this kind of overlaps with something that I'm gonna talk about a little bit later, but I want you to get really good at working when you're working and not working when you're not working. So this looks like when you sit down to do your documentation, you don't have your phone on you. You're not playing music unless it's like some upbeat focus music that helps you move at a faster pace. You don't have the TV on. You're not in the common living space if you live with other people. You are just you and your computer. No distractions. Sitting down. There's no snacks that your hands are, you know, taking a three-second break to bring food up to your mouth. Like, it's you and the work. And you set a timer if you need to we all know we're ot's come on we know timers really work as simple as they seem there's so many different psychological hacks and things that are going on with the brain that timers are very beneficial but when you're working you're working and when you're not working you're not working so that might even be like i'm going to go for a 30 minute walk after work and i'm not going to check my work emails but when i get home i'm going to sit down for 30 minutes and check work emails, and in that 30 minutes, I'm not checking social media. So you have to get really good at being intentional with what you're doing. So let's say you're in a common space, you work with other people, it's really hard to not get distracted. What are some things you can do? Visual cues. Ear, earbuds in your ears, even if you're not listening to music. Uh, maybe you get, like, those big beats head thing that like it's super obvious I'm listening to music you put a headband and you put your ears behind your hair behind your ears to show everybody your airpods like I'm doing work or oh sorry like I'm doing work right now like pointing to your computer or pointing to your earbud even though like you might not even be listening to music that's a visual cue. Maybe you have like a paper on your desk and one side's green and one side's red and if the green side's up, people know like, hey, like an open door policy, you can approach me. Like, I'm, or if it's the red side, I'm working right now, please don't distract me. You know, email me your question or I'll catch you later. That sort of stuff. I want you to get really good. at uh, When you're working, you're working. You're not getting distracted. When you're not working, You're not working, you're enjoying that time so that when you go to work, you have that intentionality and that energy to bring to the work. The last point I wanna make along the same lines is your ability to kind of be harsh with people or say no so I worked in an environment where I was sharing a room and I'm a super chatty person people would come in and out we talk about kids it seemed like productive time but when I got to the end of the day I didn't actually have done the things that I told myself I was going to have done the things I put on my to-do lists with little boxes that I would manually check off each time I completed it to get my little you know dopamine hit. Um, I had to it's uncomfortable, but you have to get really good at saying, I'm so sorry, I'm working right now. Please don't distract me. Or hey, you know, I got a lot on my plate. I'm really stressed right now. I'd love to hear what you have to say, but it's just not a good time. I've gotta get this report written. I'm so sorry, but I I just really need to get this done. Um, I think everybody knows what that's like to need to focus and be distracted. So hopefully they have a little bit of understanding or empathy when you're saying that. But you gotta get really good at not feeling so guilty by putting up those boundaries, potentially letting people down. That's on their own terms, not respecting your boundaries. Um, But that was something that was really hard for me. That I, that I needed to get good at and that I'm still working on. All of this is a work in progress, but knowing your boundaries, setting your boundaries, and sticking to those boundaries is gonna be really important when it comes to managing your stress levels and ultimately your burnout. All right, let's get to the next point. It's kind of along the same lines as boundaries, But once you have done all the things we talked about previously and you're starting to set some boundaries and managing your time really well and being really intentional with the actual work that you're doing, now I want you to look at your personal life and I want you to look at your personal schedule and I want you to look at your self-care and your health and your emotional, mental, spiritual, well-being and I want you to set some boundaries with yourself there as well. So similarly with the work thing, this looks like do I have to remove something from my personal life? Do I have to take something off my schedule? And it's not taking something off your schedule to fit in more work. It's taking off your the things you said you'd go to, the things you said you'd do for other people, which is taking away from your own self-care. So this is like... I don't know the baby shower, the dinner thing, trivia night with your friends, or you know, you said you were going to volunteer. Whatever it is that you come on, you know it's like oh, I'm dreading doing this. It's exhausting. I don't even like these people, um, or I overcommitted to this thing out, outside of work or in my in my personal life. Just say no, just take it off your, your darn schedule because you could use that time then filling up your cup. You know what's draining your energy and you know what's filling filling that back up, what's filling yourself up. Say no to the things that are draining you because you're drained. You've got nothing else to give. It's a season where you're you need to fill your cup back up. I also want you to look at your health. I want you to make sure, I mean, when we talk about burnout, we talk about mental health, we talk about depression being one of the symptoms or the signs, stages. One of the best ways to improve your mental health is by moving your body. I'm not talking working out necessarily. I'm not talking burning calories, that's not the intention. I'm talking about moving your body, getting blood and oxygen circulating through your body, improving your lymphatic system, um getting those good feel-good hormones, endorphins, all of that going in your body, that's really for your mental health. I mean I exercise daily at least thirty to forty five minutes not for physical appearance, for my mental health. That is what makes me do it every single day. Um, and so that's something that I want you to really take an honest look at. Are you moving your body? Are you drinking water? Are you drinking electrolytes? That's a big thing that I noticed when I added in electrolytes into my, my daily supplementation. Huge energy boost. Are you eating food that is nourishing your body. Again, we're not talking physical appearance, we're not talking calories, we're not talking any of that stuff. I'm talking about does your body actually have the nourishment it needs to get you through your stressful days? You gotta get in the right micronutrients that is gonna support your system. That's your greens. That's your, um, maybe you need to make sure you're taking appropriate supplementation for whatever your physical needs are. You have to have an honest look and have an honest conversation with yourself there. Are you getting enough sleep? Oh my gosh, sleep is such a crucial factor, right? So look at your self-care items and maybe pick one thing you're gonna work on. Maybe it's your movement, maybe it's your sleep. I would honestly start with sleep and start with adequate hydration and then maybe work towards daily movement in that order. Um, and then set a boundary with yourself. You said you were gonna go for a 20 minute walk after work. I'm. You have to do that. You have to set that boundary and commit to yourself and have the integrity to do that thing you said you were going to do even if no one's watching you. You said you were going to be in bed by 10 p.m. So when you wake up at 5, you have at least gotten 7 hours of sleep. Turn Netflix off. You have to have those self-boundaries. Some other kind of like fun self-care things that can kind of help when you're feeling burnt out is to treat yourself in some way so you feel like you're taking care of yourself. So every other week I started buying myself flowers. They're 3.99 at Trader Joe's. Sometimes I even went out in the backyard with a pair of scissors and picked some wild flowers. I live out in the country, so I have access to that. And it was just something nice after a long stressful day to come home and you walk in and the first thing you see when you walk into where I live is my dining room table. And there'd be a beautiful bouquet of flowers that i i got for myself i took care of myself so maybe it's something simple like that maybe it's you know you treat yourself to a manicure again super simple it might seem like it's a little expensive i don't know what your financial situation is but we work with our hands and we're typing all day long and we're playing with putty or, you know, doing little fine motor tasks and crafts or things like that. And when you look down and you see that you just, you painted your nails or you went and got a gel manicure that's going to last you three weeks so you don't have to worry about it for three weeks. It just is a reminder to yourself that you're taking care of yourself and it's a little something that sparks joy. In those moments when you're stressed or burnt out, maybe it's something bigger where you schedule yourself a massage or um, a spa day, or you plan something with a sister or a girlfriend um, or a guy friend. You know, you're gonna go do something new. Right? You have something to look forward to. You're gonna treat yourself in some way. If finances and it is an issue. Um, get creative. There's so many fun, free things that you can do. Do that. Fig- you have to you know, figure something out that's creative, that's meaningful to you, that is going to fill your cup, spark joy, make you feel like you're taking care of yourself, and it gives you something to look forward to. All right, so you've told somebody that you're starting to feel burnt out. You took an honest look at your priorities. You looked at your schedules. You took some things off your plate. You've gotten real good at your boundaries with others, your boundaries with yourself. You've started implementing some self care things, whether it's bigger picture things or just small little feel good things once a week, once every other week, just to spark a little bit of joy. Then next, um, Thing that I have the next thing I want you to do my next tip I suppose um this comes from uh Stephen Covey's uh the seven habits of highly effective people one of those habits is sharpen the saw sharpen the blade right so a lot of the times when you're feeling so burnt out you're out of ideas you don't have new treatment ideas um Maybe you're feeling kind of like you're hitting a wall with your, the knowledge that you have about a certain area or the way that you approach a certain thing. So um, maybe you always do the same fine motor activities or you have the same self-regulation strategies. Uh, You're doing the same sensory motor obstacle course, right? So that can get really boring, both to the kids that you work with, but also to yourself. So, now that maybe you have a little bit more time because you've done the other things, can you set aside 30 minutes once a week of your own personal time, or if you have time for, you know, if you have lunch or you have a planning period or some open documentation time, great, but maybe it even needs to be on your personal time, and figure out, Is there a new skill that you can learn? Can you do a continuing education course? Find a fun article? Um, Go on Pinterest and find just one new activity that you want to implement. Go to the dollar store. Go to Target. Get the things that you need. You know, maybe you spend $10, $15. It's not that much money if you're being honest. Just don't buy your coffee that week. Um... Set it up and do it. Execute something new. It's going to bring some novelty into your therapeutic treatments. It's going to make the kids smile and have fun because they're doing something new. It's going to give you something new to document about so your documentation's not as mundane. Um, Maybe there's a new program or an app or like a calendar that you want to try to make your scheduling a little bit easier and improve your efficiency. Um, Just something new. Maybe, you know, you have a book sitting on your shelf that you always wanted to read. It's about, you know, executive functioning skills, or it's about sensory integration, or it's about, um, reflex integration, whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, I wanted to learn more about that. I wanted to have some more tricks up my sleeve when it comes to this area, but like you're burnt out. So you haven't opened the book, open the book to spend 30 minutes, skim it. You don't have to read it word for word, just skim it and get one little nugget. That's like, Ooh, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way, or hadn't seen it from that perspective or you know what? I knew that but it's kind of nice to, to refresh my memory in this area. That's going to fill your cup. It's going to fill your professional therapeutic cup so that when you're at work and you're working with students that have those needs, you have something new to offer. It doesn't seem as um, mundane. It's not as stressful. It's it's just some, it's something new. It could be something small, but it can get you out of that burnt out rut that you're in. For me, um, in this area, one of the things that I did, just, just to give you some examples, was I downloaded an app. It's called How We Feel, it's not an ad or anything, but um, it's a free app, it's on your phone, it kind of corresponds with like the zones regulation or the alert program, any of those self-regulation frameworks that you use to help identify where you are, your arousal or emotional level, and then to help you then determine coping strategies or things like that. So it's an app I downloaded. It was kind of fun. I played around with it. I started tracking my own you know, it's, it looks at, do you have high energy, low energy, is it pleasant or unpleasant? So it's just, you know, kind of another way of looking at arousal and emotions. And then on the app, they have some different tools or strategies or ways to think about um, like self-monitorization of your emotions and then also coping skills and strategies. So that was one thing that I kind of dove into, and I felt like I had something new and fun for the kids. I could recommend it to some parents. Again, most of my caseload um, this past year was middle and high schooler, so that was more appropriate to that age group. And then I also started skimming through a book on executive functioning skills, because a lot of the students that I worked with, that was their their greatest area of need. and kind of an area where I felt like I didn't have as many resources as I wanted to have to be um, to really help the kids in the way that I wanted to help them and the way that they needed those support. So I just really dove into those two things because that was those were some of the biggest needs I was seeing on my caseload at that time and it just it just made work seem, easier. and made me feel like I was a better therapist because I had refreshed my knowledge and my skill set in those areas. So those are just some of the personal things that I did to sharpen the saw. My next recommendation kind of goes along the same line there. All of these are sort of building on each other and that is spice things up. You gotta add some sort of novelty to your practice. So maybe you go to Target or on Amazon or wherever it is that you do some of your shopping and you just buy one new game or one new toy that you can use in your sessions. It's going to be fun for you. You're going to think of new ways to adapt it, use it in different ways, address different skill sets. The kids are going to have more buy-in because, oh, we haven't seen this before. Um, Maybe it's a new activity. Maybe it's something outside of work, right? So it's always nice to bring in these things into work because work is what's burning you out. So like, let's get to the root of the problem and fix the things going on at work. But we're human beings, we have a personal life, we need to set work aside at times, a lot of times, and we're occupational therapists, right? So one of the things that we know brings so much meaning and value and purpose to our life is the things that we do are are meaningful occupations. So maybe you're gonna learn a new skill, you're gonna finally pick up the guitar and start playing some chords, and building up the calluses on your hands. Maybe you're gonna look up new hiking trails in your area and go do one. Maybe you're gonna go to the next town over and find a coffee shop and order something you've never ordered before. You might hate it, but you might find a new favorite drink. I mean, maybe you bring your computer and you go work on your documentation someplace new, Maybe you want to separate work um, and, personal, and personal things. Um, I don't know, maybe you learn a new recipe or you tell yourself like, okay, if I can get all of my reports done this week, then on Friday, I'm gonna grab a friend and we're gonna make this new enchilada recipe together, right, like we're make everything. I don't know what it is, but it has to be something new, novel, something to look forward to, and to get you out of the mundane, habitual rut that you're in. Another thing along the same lines here that I have found to be super helpful for me is music in a playlist. I have a playlist on my Spotify app. That's what I use to listen to music. Um, and it's all the songs that Fill me up, give me energy, make me feel seen, acknowledged, powerful, strong, happy, all of those good feelings, and on my stressful days, on my most stressful days when I'm driving home from work, I put it on. And there's one song um, by Michael Fronti called Brighter Day that I swear when I was so stressed, and sober out and would leave work in tears. I would have a 20-minute commute from work back home three days a week. The other the other commute from the other school is only 10 minutes. But I would literally listen to this song on repeat for 20 minutes until I believed what he was saying in those lyrics. And it just it lit me up it made me feel good, it made me feel seen, acknowledged, whatever it is, find your playlist, find the music that you like. You might not wanna listen to it, but you're gonna listen to it. You're gonna go to your app, you're gonna hit play, you're gonna listen to it, you're gonna dance around in your bathroom in the morning when you're putting on your makeup, when you get home from work, when you're taking the dog for a walk. You need something external to change what's going on internally. And my last strategy to helping with burnout is recommit with passion, recommit with intentionality, change your mindset, fix some of your self-talk and the narrative in your head that work is stressful and nobody sees you and you're a vic- you gotta just you gotta cut it out. Recommit with passion. You chose this as your career. It's a phenomenal career. I love it. I really hope you love what we do. Find some joy and recommit. Get to bed early so you can wake up early. Get your workout in. Drink your water and electrolytes. Get to work 15 minutes early. Start forming these new habits again. Find the activities on Pinterest. Show up for your life, for your job, and then make some time after work to do something for yourself. You have to just be in this mindset of I've got this. I can do this. I'm recommitting. Um because you can. Because you can. Because you have to. Because you are the architect of your life. My best friend tells it to me all the time. I'm the architect of my own life. And you are. So you have to take responsibility to whatever it is that's going on and change your mindset around it and recommit to it with intentionality and passion and leave the excuses and the bullshit at the door. Okay, so let's say you try all of my strategies You take initiative and you try some of your own ideas that I didn't mention here on the podcast. You listen to other podcasts. You do research, right? You're like, I'm going to better my life. I'm going to figure this out. And several months have passed and you're trying and you're trying and you're still burnt out. You're still exhausted. You're still unhappy. I want you to take an honest look. And realize that you can do all these small things for sure and they can help. But if you are still working someplace that is it's not letting up, you don't feel like you have the best community, you don't feel supported, you don't feel like there's going to be the, the change that you're really needing, to feel successful in your professional life and it's still trickling into your personal life, I want you to take ownership of that and figure out what changes bigger than whatever it is that we mentioned here you need to make. Whether it's really changing your schedule, your caseload, dropping down to part-time... Venturing out and doing something on your own that's going to help you feel reignited or even starting to look for other opportunities. Um, These are all great, fun strategies. They've really worked for me. I'm hoping that it gives you some inspiration to apply to your own life to feel like there's some change and hope in your own situation. But You have to do, you have to take ownership of your life and do what you need to do for yourself. You know, in a couple podcasts previously, I talked about how I'm having a career change and I'm moving and I'm working with a different population in a different type of setting. Part of the burnout that I have felt has led to some of these changes. So I just want, I guess, to leave it out here and say, you are capable of figuring this out. You will figure this out. You're creative and you're resourceful and you've got this. Whatever it is, if you're feeling burnt out, um, I have faith that within time, You will figure this out if you keep recommitting, being honest with yourself, being resourceful and thinking outside the box, having that growth mindset, that change is possible and will happen because you deserve for it to happen, that you will find the solution that works for you. I really believe that you have it in you even if you don't feel like at this time there's, there's any hope, there is. Um, so maybe just these small things are the catalyst that ignite some of that hope or creativity or um, inspiration within you that then leads to bigger changes. So I hope that in this podcast, I gave you some tangible things you can do. I gave you some small little ideas, tips, tricks, and I gave you some bigger systemic sort of things that you can do to make some changes. So start with one of these and build from there. And you've got this. I believe in you. I I really, truly do. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, this podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the potential need for skilled and individualized therapeutic services. Please consult your pediatrician or occupational therapist for specific questions about your child. Similarly, these are my personal and professional views and opinions. If something I say does not feel right to you or is different from what you have learned, please follow your own intuition and learning quest. And remember, science and language are always changing and growing. I will try my best to stay as up-to-date as possible, but I myself am always learning. If you have any follow-up questions or requests for future podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at ot underscore with underscore Marissa. See you soon.